0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Oh. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. And welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow-brick road of life And life is something we shouldn't do alone So I hope you'll spend the next 45 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain this week Are you ready to lose some of those Thanksgiving excess pounds you may have overindulged in last week? Well, you're in luck because we're having a dance party on Behind the Curtain today So wherever you are, get ready to let the music move you Today, it's all about the music, my friends. I love producing every show I do, but this one was particularly joyful for me, not only because of the great music you're all about to hear, but because of the great guy behind the music. So humble. Such a generous spirit Our special guest Is music man Raymond Reed A.K.A. Shot Johnny Who is here To talk about His life And career As a member Of the group Crown Heights Affair And his success As a writer Arranger And independent Music producer Ray Reed Has created hits For Crown Heights Affair Fran Lee, Empress Unlimited Touch Carol Douglas Gwen McRae Darnell Williams Among many Many others The music man Knows How to get people out of their seats And onto the dance floor for sure And he also knows how to inspire children Ray does a lot of work with troubled kids Who come from domestic violence households He creates programs for the individual child Which are geared towards teaching them music and structure And how to overcome life's obstacles to live an inspired life So we have a jam-packed program for you today Welcome, Ray Reed I'm so honored to have you on the show today Thanks for being here
2: Hi, good afternoon, Kathy, and it's my pleasure to be on your show, Behind the Curtain.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So, let's start. Did you come from a musical family? How did you develop a love for music, and who were your musical influences growing up?
2: Well, my mother and father, (coughs) they sang in the choir um, at church, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, a couple of albums, and they played a lot of music in the house I remember. Um a couple of albums I remember as a child. One of the albums I remembered was uh Chubby Checker. And when oh, he yeah. had the record I'll call it Twist and they had oh, the sure. checkerboard. I, I always that album yeah, yeah I always remember the album cover since I was a child. <laughs> and also I remember them playing um Dakota Staten. And um, Harry Belafonte, um, he had a record out of um, On the Way, The Way the Night Saw Gay, whatever. Um, anyway, um, I got to listening to a lot of music when I was a kid, and I even remember a photo of me with my hands on the knobs of a radio. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! <laughs>
1: Wow, and yeah. did, so did hearing that make you want to create it? Were you naturally drawn to the music, seeing your parents sing in church? or
2: I, w- I would feel that way. Music played mm-hmm. a big role in the house, so I guess my inspiration started for right there in the apartment.
1: And how did you come to choose the trombone as your instrument of choice? <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, when the first day of school... I was so excited I was going to be uh, in the band, but for some reason I entered class late. When, by the time I got to class, the music teacher says, Well, we've given up most of the instruments. We have two instruments left. We have the trombone and we have the tuba. Now, I'm saying uh, I can't play the tuba. Nobody plays the tuba in the neighborhood, so I really had no choice but to pick the trombone, and that's how I got started in high school, in music class.
1: You you grew up in the Bushwick section of of Brooklyn, and in the day when there were music programs in public schools, and uh, you studied to be a music teacher in college as well, it's a shame that they're cutting, you know, with the budget cuts, that they're really removing this from schools because... Um you know, cutting these programs is is such a mistake, in my opinion. Learning music inspired your life, as an example, and I know that you give back to the community in a big way by working with other, other kids. Tell us about the organizations that you work with and, and what you do for children now.
2: Well, well, first of all, I would like to say that when the music programs existed, me as a child, it gave me an activity to indulge in rather than getting in trouble committing crimes and hanging out with the wrong people, and that 's what I, one of the things I liked about the music program it gave me something to focus on, it gave me ambition to get better, and like I said, it kept me away from the wrong people. Um, when I grew up, um, I started working with the Jackie Robinson program which is an after-school program for kids throughout the public school system in New York City. I worked with the chorus for a while, and then I worked as um, a band instructor. I worked for a marching band. They were called the Jackie Robinson Steppers, and I used to teach kids how to play the trombone. Mm. And eventually we would march, do different parades around New York, and then we would Travel sometimes, and we got so popular to the point where we took part in a major motion picture. Oh, um,
0: which...
2: It was called Our Song, and it was oh, a, wow. the plot was about two girls who were in a marching band, and one of them got pregnant, and the whole story was how she dealt with teenage pregnancy. And
1: uh,
2: it did pretty well. It still can be seen on video and DVD.
1: That's great. And tell us the name again. It's called Our Song.
2: Our Song.
1: Fantastic.
2: Our Song. That's
1: really great. So the fact that you were able to work with these kids, you really helped them get cast in this feature film in a sense.
2: Well, I I can't really take the credit, but I would say that me teaching them how to play the instruments made them so popular as musicians. Mm -hmm. And their popularity as musicians is what made them become considered for acting parts. You know, just like now, any uh, popular artist or rapper, the next step is doing a movie or, you know, something of that sort. So we even had ran into that type of success.
1: That's really fantastic, and uh, it's great that you do that kind of work and give back to the community in such a beautiful way. How did you become involved with Crown Heights Affair?
2: Well, on Crown Heights Affair, my brother Bert Reed was originally in the group, and my mother, who was very supportive, had agreed for the band to practice in our basement. That's so, a good mother. <laughs> yeah, so... She said that they can play up until 10 o'clock in the evening. And after 10 o'clock, they had to stop the noise. So I was upstairs as the older brother of Bert. And any time the band members or the producers had a question involving um, a song they might have been working on, somebody would say, why don't you call Ray upstairs and ask his opinion? So I started off as a consultant for Crown Heights Affair. And then eventually, when the trombone player w- was leaving the group, they considered me as a replacement, since I was sort of involved with the group anyway, and they had grew to like me, you know, so that's how that worked out.
1: That's really great, and then you had both you and your brother in this band. You got right. uh and so Dreaming a Dream uh was a top uh top 5 hit on Billboard's uh, R&B uh hip hop singles chart and Crown Heights Affair was known for their funky grooves and vibrant orchestrations um and then they followed that record and that's did you join you joined after Dreaming a Dream
2: No I actually played with the group before Dreaming a Dream ah, Um okay. I did my first record with Crown Heights Affair in 1973 on RCA records. But still, even though I did the record, I still wasn't in the group permanently because my ambition at that time was to be a music teacher. And I was studying as a music major at at York College. So I was just kind of helping out, playing with the group off and on. I didn't join the group until we recorded Dream the Dream. And that's when I officially left school and because the record had taken off so big you know and once in a lifetime like uh opportunity so i left school in 1975 i took a leave and dreaming a dream took took us all around the world
1: that the destiny was knocking at your door and let's hear a little piece of dreaming a dream now Well,
2: I mean, it so good to me, great. and I heard it a million times. <laughs>
1: I know, it's really great.
2: I was you just saying, wow, me? listen to that trumpet solo. Wow. I <laughs> <know>. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> and also, I mean, you're an extraordinary musician for sure, but um, as we get further into the program and we play a lot of the stuff that you produced, what a great producer, what a great writer. I mean, classic, classic. Dance songs And to me they're pop songs They're not even dance songs The rhythm sections are always incredibly You know, terrific And Crown Heights itself had A stellar band of musicians um, We had Bert was playing uh, saxophone Right And then we had uh, Ray Rock Oh my god, what an amazing drummer Uh Mookie Wilson on bass And William Anderson Amazing, amazing guitar player I mean, there were so many uh, great musicians in the group and it shows on every record that you guys did and also what uh, amazed me watching some of the videos with you i can't believe that you played that trombone sang and danced
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
2: that's what you call multitasking <laughs> 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 on stage
1: <laughs> i'll yes. say, what a workout really really great performances that you you know, you guys gave. And so the group continued to turn out singles. And then in 1980, uh, You Gave Me Love became a big smash for the band. So please share the beautiful story about who wrote that song. And, and
2: uh... Okay, well, the story behind You Gave Me Love, uh, one day my mother passed by me in my room where I was working on a song, I guess working on lyrics on it. We were working on the album at the time, and I was writing songs for the album. And my mother just made a comment as she passed by me. She says, Ray, you know, I used to be a good writer when I was young. So I said to my mother, well, why do you say that you was a good writer when you was young? I mean, some people do their best work when they're 80 years old. So I was really trying to encourage her that if you're talented when you're 8 years old, you can be 80 years old and still you don't lose your talent. So without saying another word, two days later, she came to me with a set of words, which was incredible because I never asked her to do anything, but she really took what I had said to her to heart. And the words uh, were to, um, you gave me love. And we took the words and we put music to it. We registered her with BMI as a songwriter. And who would have thought? that her song is the one that they picked to be the single on our album and that really was very exciting for her it it kind of really lifted her spirits up a very high as a result of the success of the record
1: and let's play a little bit of you gave me love (laughs) Love that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who came up with that? That's
2: great. Well, That's remember we had uh, did it it up, dip 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 yeah. dip dip. So that was sort of like our trademark. And then we said, well, let's come up with a new one. So that was <laughs> you know. So if, we, if you don't know the words to the song, when that part comes, everybody can join in. Everybody knows that part.
1: You that know, so a gift. yeah. That is a gift, especially to menopausal women everywhere.
2: So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can yes. We sing
1: along now. So, your mom—that must what? First of all, what a beautiful gift uh, both you and Bird and the rest of the band gave to her by, you know, taking you know her words and and then creating this beautiful song. And right. you know, wow, that must have been so powerful. Yes, it made a,
2: it gift. made her very happy.
1: And um, what was it like for you and Bert? Now, you're, you know, two young men from Bushwick being in a hit band touring all around the world. What's your fondest memory from your experiences with Crown Heights?
2: Well, when you say my fondest memory, well, back in the day as a musician, uh, entertainer, if you didn't go on Soul Train, you really didn't make it big. Mm. You know, Soul Train was a TV show that uh, lots of us used to watch every Saturday. I think it came on at 11 o'clock. And we yes, watched included. that, and and then we would run to the record store as soon as the, the show would go off, and then I would look at the record chart and buy records. Uh, once we did Soul Train, then we were officially heroes in the neighborhood. Um, also, when I did Soul Train, it was my first time going to Hollywood, period. So I'll never forget. Getting off the plane and getting into one of those long black limousines with the tinted <laughs> windows, and people wondering who's in the car, and it was me. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> and also, what I liked about doing Soul Train on the day we did it, the Temptations had came by, uh-huh. you know, to see who was performing and just to hang out. And you know, I I grew up listening to the Temptations, so too. To, I'm going there as a celebrity, but I'm, like, excited like any group. Oh, boy, the temptations, the temptations, you know. So I was thrilled to meet them, you know.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. What a group they were. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, in this in this case, the lyrics inspired you. Is it always that way for your creative process, or how do you normally come to writing songs?
2: Well, not always the same way every time. Many times I I listen to the music and if the music sounds very positive or very energetic, then the subject matter has to be positive and energetic. Um, And and I kind of lean that way. And if the music is um, sort of moody, then Well, I myself, I wouldn't even touch the music because I like dance music. I like positive lyrics. I don't like to write about doing somebody wrong and I'm so sorry, baby, and all of that because I don't live that way. I try not to make mistakes, cheat on my women and things like that and begging to please take me back. I like to be in a party mood the majority of the times. So I like music that makes you dance.
1: You like to spread the joy.
2: Yeah, basically that's. <laughs> <laughs> I like music that makes you dance.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I am. It, you really kind of inspired my uh, love for dancing. Doing this show, I couldn't believe. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But you know, the music has changed. I don't want to say. Well, in the old days, we had better music because. Uh, there's great music out, out now, but it was just a level of musicianship, I think, that was was there, and the recordings and the live music you could go to see in clubs just just seemed to be more, you know, vigorous um, years ago than it is currently. But so I'm happy that you're spreading the joy. Now, Crown Heights continues to produce at this point well-charting sig- uh, singles, and then your brother Bird. Departs from the group to have a production career uh, First And then he produces one of uh, This has to be One of the all-time favorite reggae records Ever made I'll Do Anything by Denroy Morgan Right Um, I also wanna take a moment to pay tribute to your brother Bert and his work. Bert passed away on December twelfth of two thousand and four from a battle uh, with lung cancer. He was forty eight years old. He was an amazing writer, musician and producer and as I said, I think this is one of the greatest records ever made of all time. It's one of my favorites. Let's hear I'll do anything by Denroy Morgan. I would love to play all of these records from beginning to end, trust <laughs> me. It was torturous for me to only take, you know, a little piece of each one, uh, but I wanted, to, I wanted the listeners to get a real taste of the, you know, the outstanding work you did and Bert did. And yes. that song is just killer. It's just yeah. great. And he lived on your block, you were telling me. Yeah, he
2: lived right to... down the street from us. We lived on the same block, and he would... He would come by my house and listen to us practicing in the basement, and then we would go up by his house and listen to him and his band practice in the basement and Then we became friends, and My brother had an idea of, of him working with Denroy, but told him that his music would have to be commercial for Rastafari like never before, so he came up with the idea of doing r and b dance music. But he still, as a roster would would do the the vocals, and it was something new and different because um reggae artists other than Bob Marley, a lot of them never got a shot at being heard worldwide you know distribution, so we knew we had to take a different approach to uh build the interest, so that's why we we gave him r and b funky music and then put him on top of it, and it was a new, new thing that just took off. And it still never died. The record never died. Denry Morgan also has a brand-new album out now, and he re-released I'll Do Anything For You. He loves the song so much. He said he'll never stop putting it on his records. (laughs) Yeah, he loves it.
1: No, it's uh, it's a great, great song, and then that, op- you know, just having the success of that record opened up really for many other reggae artists. At that point, you know, there was a, a huge opening that was created because of the creativity of coming up with that concept. So, really, so uh, rest in peace, and uh, I just wanted to pay a little tribute to Bird because he really did amazing work as well. Goodbye. and then you. You and Crown Heights uh, guitarist William Anderson You leave to pursue your own independent uh, producing careers You guys created a slew of hits for other recording artists And in 1981, you produced the 16-year-old breakout star France Jolie, And the song was Gonna Get Over You So let's uh, listen to a little clip of okay. Gonna Get Over You
2: head is bouncing
1: I, i'm dancing the whole time <laughs>
2: my head is bouncing can't help it <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey people if you're in offices out there you know you can still do some chair dancing as well okay so don't let um where you are stop you dance like no one's looking <laughs> because uh-huh. otherwise this would be a waste um anderson's guitar lick the string arrangements i wish i would you know would have played this whole um piece because I think it's one of the most beautiful produced songs I've ever uh, heard.
2: It, thank you so much. Thank you so much.
1: I mean, the the uh, guitar licks, the string arrangements, as I said, the, then there's a beautiful piano solo. Just everything about right. it. It's no,
2: the well, piano solo is, shines. I'll say the piano solo is by Lenny Underwood, who was a member of Unlimited Touch. Uh, so what I would like to mention is a lot of the records I produced, I used my musicians that I produce to do record for other artists, and then as a result of their experience, they were able to re- record and perform with the very best artists in the world. Even up until this day, Audrey Wheeler from Unlimited Touch, I was just reading on the Internet, she did a show at Chaka Khan this past weekend, She's worked with Freddie Jackson, Lenny Underwood from the group. He was the musical director for Harry Belafonte, who's a legend. So just to give you an idea of how far my musicians that I produced have uh, went since then, they're still that's, doing well.
1: That's really really great. And didn't uh, this song didn't was this pre-Madonna? I was trying to figure it out. Or it was very very close with her uh, first hit. Um,
2: I don't really know if it's pre Madonna. T- to be honest, I don't even think about Madonna. <laughs> but I, I, I met her one time. I met her, but I don't really know.
1: Um, I, I think it was like around the same time, yeah. or maybe slightly before. And I was just thinking, wow, what you know, uh, what a great song this was, what a great production, yeah. and how did you and Anderson um, approach? This production
2: creatively because she was such a young star. Well, um, well, first thing is the song that he wrote. How did we come up with "Gonna Get Over You"? I know you've heard many times that people write songs based on other people's experiences and their own experiences. Well, at the time, Anderson happened to be uh, getting—no, I'm getting—he was uh, going through a divorce. He was actually going through a divorce at the time, and that's where he came up with the hook, I'm going to get over you. You know, So that was really based on a life experience. And
1: Which is that, always
2: the best. Yeah, it's good when it pays off, I tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what are the elements that you believe go into having a successful collaboration, both with an artist and in, with the producing partner?
2: Well, first of all, the work ethic. You have to work hard. You have to practice hard. You don't, as an artist, you don't become lazy just because you know you're you're working with a big name producer and his name and his reputation is gonna just take you for a ride. Everybody has to do their part, and then the magic begins. Crown Heights Sophia had a very uh, uh, lot of practicing and rehearsing. We we rehearsed like we was in the Marines. And we was proud of it. We hated it in the beginning when we were young. But then when we grew older we realized how all of that practice pays off. And anything we do it's with the work ethic is is first and foremost. I don't like to deal with any lazy artist. But it shouldn't even be considered work. It should be considered fun. Yeah. You know, if you're but passionate about yeah, what you do. Yeah. Yeah, it should be it should be fun, but to me it's not fun if you don't practice, if you don't rehearse. Because see, the magic doesn't come, the hope doesn't come if you're not well rehearsed. You have to rehearse to the point where things will just things will happen. You won't even know how, how it happened. But if you don't practice, the magic's not going to happen for you. Because people will say, well, how do you get a hit over and over and over and over again? You have to stick to your work ethic, and you have to stick to your formula. My formula is always being concerned with the reaction of the people on the dance floor. And also, when I'm going to write a song, I like to come up with a hook and a subject matter that's going to be relevant to the listener. That's why they get hooked to the song for Decades at a time, because the message is one that never dies, mm. you know That's like
0: pretty great so, yeah
2: like say searching to find the one, I mean, look how many people are searching to find the the one I mean now with the internet, you have these dating services, you know, find your love online and stuff like that. everybody <laughs> is not into that, so. Everybody's trying to find somebody to love, so picking a subject matter that's relevant to the people has a lot to do with coming up with a possible hit.
1: Well, I love your—you know—you're obviously so creative, and but also your practical mind and your business savvy and how you think about these projects—it's really, really impressive. So then you have to kind of wear that business hat to if you're producing an album to keep it on budget. And how do you how how do you do that so that it doesn't block your creativity? Well, the budget.
2: Well, um, some there's some artists that they have to spend so much money to come up with a hit my pride was in uh, uh, being economical um, not depending on a whole big budget to come up with a hit record um, if I had a big budget I could deal with it if I had a minimal budget then I would just cut corners but results would be the same a uh, hit record you know uh I don't believe that you have to always have horns and a whole lot of strings and this and that in order to have a hit. That's just icing on the cake. You, once you have your drum beat and your bass line, then you should be on your way. And then everything else is icing on the cake.
1: Again, very, very good advice for anyone listening. I mean, you can use this advice really across your life about many different issues, not just making music. It's really, really great thinking. So I want to talk, speaking of Lenny Underwood, who did the piano solo in going to get over you, um, uh, and who was part of Unlimited Touch, uh, that was a band that you kind of helped discover in
2: 1981? You know, know, it was one day I was taking a break from rehearsing with Crown Heights of Fear and on and ran into a couple of guys who saw me outside on the street, and they said, are not you with chronides affair?" and I says, "Yeah, they said, "Well, you know we have a band, and we would know we would like to know if you would like to come and you know meet the rest of the guys in the group and I was always the type of person that liked to motivate people and 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 help them out and encourage them and let them know that they can make it if they take the right steps. So I went upstairs and met the guys and I was kind of showing them how to come up with a, a rhythm track. I said, well, first you start with the drum beat, and then you do the bass line, and I would do each part of the time at once, one at a time. By the time I, we did the drums, the bass, and the guitar, the music was rocking. It was really rocking. Cause I, so then one of the members said, you know, we have a guy that uh, would be willing to invest money in in this group and let's let them hear what we just did, and that's what happened. They heard what we did, but it was really never planned. I just went there to give an example of how to put a song together, and that was it. And then it it just took off from there.
1: That's, but you were being a very generous spirit, which I mentioned at the beginning of the program. So it, when you have that kind of personality, it just attracts yeah. those kinds of situations.
2: Yeah, one, yeah. Right? Never, I never no. planned it.
1: Right. I never and planned it. And then you it. co-wrote. You co-wrote with Lenny, right? You co-wrote. Hey, well, my story. brother
2: actually, my brother, Bert Reed, actually co-wrote. Well, I did co-wrote, right, um, Searching the Final One
1: it to find the one, and right. then Berg co-wrote uh, I Hear um, Music Exactly,
2: and okay. search and Searching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit of
2: those two tunes. Okay.
1: This is I Hear Music.
2: Yeah, I Hear Music, which is the first record I actually produced in life.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Good. right into um, searching and okay. searching to find the one I remember being in clubs and just seeing a sea of people like dancing and (laughs) to the long extended version of that song it was just uh, those were really really good times It's great great music
2: you just mentioned about being in the club and, and what I want to say about that is as far as my writing when I'm writing songs I imagine my experience in the club I imagine the people and 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 what type of music they like and how I anticipate their reaction to the music that I'm creating. I says, oh, they're going to love this part. or oh, they're going to love that part. Another important thing to mention is having a good relationship with, with prominent DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also a help because the DJs will be your connection to the people. For example, when I had did art, I Hear Music in the Street, the first person I went to was um, Larry LeVan, who's a legendary DJ, um, an underground DJ that used to work the Paradise Garage. And anything that Larry played, people pretty much say, wow, if Larry played it, it must be worth something. So Larry played I Hear Music in the Street on a Saturday night. and it, and, and now you're in a club with maybe 5,000 people or more all just screaming and barking for this record that nobody never heard before. And by Monday morning, everybody's calling my house about who is that, who is that. So I have to mention that having a relationship with DJs, that also helps a lot to getting to the people. I did a lot of work with Francois Kavakian as far as doing remixes. And um, I... Did a lot of work with um, uh, Larry Larry Levan, and Kenton Nix, who did Heartbeat, which is a, another legendary record. Tana Gardner, Heartbeat. And, uh, oh yeah,
1: that yeah. Was, oh my God, that was massive. Right, that's a well, whole
2: other story, and that's That's the, a
1: whole other program, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I also, had her. and I also played drums on a record called uh, Funky <laughs> Sensation, Glenn McCrae. Which is another big hit, and I did the lyrics for that song also. So, um, like I said, that would be a whole another hour show. But that was a show. I, I want to mention those people because they played a big part, you know, in in our career on the dance floor. <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate that, and and God, what amazing music! And time has flown by. We have a couple of minutes left, but how you know you've had hit after hit after hit, which we've just we haven't even scratched the surface here. Right? You Tell me of about the it. Stuff <laughs> that you produced, and and yet, how you know how did you keep your ego in check and remain so humble?
2: Well, I I always have pride in, in, in knowing that. No matter how successful you are, basically, I just use that to encourage people. I don't use that to try to act different. I like to be able to be around the same people um, that that I'm with when I'm up and, and the same people I'm with when I'm down. I don't change. All I do is just motivate and say, hey, I've been to Hollywood. You can make it too. So I use my success basically to motivate people, not really to uh enlarge my ego on my head,
1: got it, and that's what I love about you 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 are such a unique and special spirit, and um the body of work stands for itself and We have a couple of minutes left and i'm just you know I'm just blown away by the amazing life and career and and thank you for creating all and producing all this great music and um you know, everyone can check out Crown Heights Affair on Facebook they, and fan, you know, fan them, like their page. Are you still writing and producing? What music oh,
2: projects do you have? Oh, definitely, I'm still writing and producing. Um, at this point in time, I'm now getting into other genres of music. I have now been uh, writing with Anderson uh, for an artist. Her name is Charlie Hunt. Um, she's a reggae artist um, She has a new single out called Sweet Lovin' If you uh, go to Charlie Hunt Slash SoundCloud You can hear that song on the internet And then after we, we finish um, Three songs from her, for her next album That's coming out We're going to be working with A Latin group called Proyecto Uno And they do merengue and rap Together they're a very big group, and I uh, have millions of fans. So in order to survive in the industry, sometimes you have to change. You can't just stick in the same genre. Uh, sometimes you have to be versatile in order to keep in demand. So I've been doing gospel music lately. Now I'm doing reggae, and then after I finish this reggae album, I'll be getting into Latin music just to keep keep it going.
1: Well, it's very exciting. It's also more interesting to, you know, kind of blend. the different yeah, It's an times, adventure.
2: Different it's types. an adventure, yeah. you know.
1: It's a journey. Yeah. It is. That's really exciting. And, well, Ray Chajani Reed, it has been an honor to have you on the program. I know you have a birthday coming up.
2: Oh, yes, on, I do. <laughs> uh,
1: December 6th. And uh, myself and uh, Behind the Curtain uh, wants to wish you a happy birthday. And someone else dropped by to sing to you. Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday Happy birthday to
2: you Thank you Stevie
1: <laughs> Courtesy of Stevie Wonder there
2: Oh yeah uh,
1: Do you know uh, who wrote the uh, happy birthday song
2: <laughs> No no I really Actually, don't
1: You'll love this. Two sisters. One was a kindergarten teacher. The other sister played piano, and they introduced the song Good Morning to All uh, in uh, Patty. The sister, it was Patty and Mildred J. Hill in Patty's classroom, and uh, they were from in, uh, Kentucky. So in 1893, they published the tune in their songbook, Song Stories for the Kindergarten, and that is how Happy Birthday was born. Wow. And you, isn't that great? You've wow. always... You are always welcome here. On you know, there's
2: another genre of music that I that I started to get into: children's music, because I wrote a song um, about uh, counting from one to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, and and I would put a note to each number, and a kid when they was learning the song, one week they could only count to five. But after, the more and more they learned the song, they were able to count from one to eight just by learning the song. So I found out through music you can also teach kids a lot of different things through music, how to they count, how to count, yeah. and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they learn
1: through music. It's really yeah. incredible. Well, we should talk off the air because, uh, anyway, I have a project, and uh, I'm going to send you a script, and it, it's it's really um, it's an animated film, and it has music in it. And, uh oh. I would love to talk to you about doing this, but I'll get you the script and we'll talk off the air. Okay. But I really just want to say you are always welcome back on the program. I I just um, love the work that you do, and I love the work that you do with children as well as the music. Thank you for all the great music you provided oh. for us, and uh, thanks for making our world a better place to live in. And, um, and I'm so
2: happy to be on your show.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> Thank you I hope you'll come back And visit us And um, next week Just hang on with me uh, We have Secrets of a Love Master And now That sounds like We should have A little Barry White Music playing In the background But the shows uh, We have Our guests Will be Dr. Scott And Shannon Peck The co-founders Of the Love Center Will be here To discuss Love skills For personal And global transformation From their Secrets of a Love Master Book Deepak Chopra Says of the book It is enormously Practical And best-selling author Stephen r covey says the pecs truly have their finger on the pulse of human love so tune into the show next week if you want to transform your life the pecs will be here to give us some tools to accomplish that it's been so great sharing this time with you thank you ray remember dance like there's no one watching everyone this is kathy barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain i'll be back next week and i hope you'll join me